Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the No Recipe Required podcast. Uh, This week, my guest is Mike Wilner, who some of you might already know. If you're a baseball fan in Toronto or maybe across Canada, you might already know about Mike Wilner. Um, Seems like an odd guest to have on a cooking and food uh, podcast. Um, But those of you who know me in real life already know that my dad was a baseball broadcaster for the Montreal Expos back in the 60s and 70s. My dad also loved food. So while my mom and my grandmother were the ones who passed on uh, their skills to me uh, in the the kitchen, my dad was the one who really influenced my love of food in general. I remember him talking about all the great food he would get when he was on the road from cities that I knew nothing about, like magical places like Chicago and Los Angeles Um, and he would regularly bring us treats that weren't yet available in Canada because back then 60s and 70s we couldn't really get the same stuff uh, here that was available south of the border so that was always something that was um, really special and fascinating to me so all of this preamble is to put into context context why I asked Mike to be on this week's podcast for the non-baseball fans we don't actually talk too much about baseball so don't worry about that anyway Hope you enjoy my conversation with Mike, and uh, let's get cooking. Welcome, everyone. My guest today uh, is Mike Wilner, who some of you may know as... um, I don't know, I'll let you introduce yourself, but I'll tell you what I know about you, which is that you are a baseball writer for the Toronto Star, former uh, broadcaster for the Toronto Blue Jays, and... That's and Toronto native. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and like you, podcast host. Pod- oh, that's right. Yes, because I do. I listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, part of the deal with the Toronto Star is writing baseball and doing the deep left field podcast. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that sums it up employment wise. <laughs> I was a, a Blue Jays broadcaster for twenty years, and and I'm about to enter my second year as a a sports writer. But before that, I worked radio at, at uh, sports at 680 News for, for six years and uh, a lot of minor league baseball broadcasting and, uh, you know, otherwise well-rounded human being. But that's that's the work stuff for sure. That's my good, a good look at the CV. Okay. So I asked Mike to be on to talk about food because this is a food podcast, but also, because it's my podcast, we can talk about baseball too, because I love baseball. <laughs> so I don't care. You know, you've had different kinds of guests on your podcast that aren't just talking about baseball. And so, uh, you know, that's our right as podcasters that we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. So, um, but I will ask you some general food questions to start with before we can geek out on baseball stuff. Um, like, do you, are you a cook? Do you cook? do you are you more of an order in kind of person like what's your deal around food the deal around food is i'm I'm much more of an an order in prepared food kind of person i I cook but not much and not i don't have a wide variety of things that i can you know actually cook as opposed to heating up from frozen or or stuff like that Um, my younger daughter is a phenomenal baker um, and she, um, she's a, a, she's starting to move into like cooking rather than baking now. So I get a lot of that, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm good for, uh, uh, like a vegetable frittata, um, 
and that's probably the the pinnacle of of what I'm able to prepare or interested in preparing on my own. This pandemic, okay. especially recently, has uh, made me much more of an order in type for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not really a big ordering kind of person, but it's just a weird hang up that I have about having somebody come and bring food to my house. Like, I don't like having things delivered. So I'll order and go pick stuff up. But I don't want to have somebody come and bring stuff to my place. I don't know. It's just a weird hang up that I have around that. Although, to be honest, I mostly have been cooking during the pandemic. And like a lot of people started baking a lot, did sourdough bread baking and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that actually is sort of what inspired me to start the podcast was um, all the cooking and baking that I was doing. I thought, oh, let, let's have a podcast to talk about that. I, not, not, nothing better to do, right? Yeah, why not? At um, the beginning of the pandemic, I actually <laughs> made my first ever vegetable lasagna. I thought for me, that was a big step, something that I you know, wanted to see if I could do and um, did a couple of those. How um, did it turn out? Were you happy out, with it? Yeah, they were, yeah. They were pretty good. Um, but I haven't really done it since I've started to like, um, I've always sort of been roller coastery weight wise. And so a lasagna's got a, a hell of a lot of calories. So I, I put that one in my back pocket for a little bit. It's the cheese, you know, like the best part of the lasagna really is the cheese. And that unfortunately is usually the, uh, the, the least healthy or their most calorific part of, uh, mm -hmm. part of it. I actually, um, in the process of recording, um, and I've had four interviews with people talking about plant-based eating. So people who are looking to switch from a more of a meat-based diet or animal products to non-animal products, that kind of thing. Um, I'm kind of an omnivore. I'll eat whatever, almost whatever. There are a few things I don't like, but, um, I, I don't want to, be able to say, oh, I'm going to eliminate everything from my diet or certain kinds of things. I want to be able to eat sort of whatever I like, but still being mindful of making healthy choices when I can. So anyway, I learned a lot. So those are upcoming episodes for anybody who's listening to the podcast. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, being on the road and what it's like to eat on the road, because you must have traveled a lot for baseball. So when you were doing the broadcasts, were you traveling to all those locations? You weren't broadcasting from here, were you? No, for, for the years that I, I was full-time play-by-play uh, -play every game, we would be on site for sure. So traveling um, and uh, it's, you know, as much as, people talk about the glamorous aspect of being on the road and travel and all that stuff. Um, baseball doesn't necessarily, I mean, for me anyway, doesn't necessarily lend itself to that. I wasn't one who was interested in going out to eat at 11 o'clock after a game. Um, I can't do that. It's and, and not for the weight watching thing, but just because can't sleep after yeah, you yeah. go out and eat that late. Um, and uh, so I, I wasn't out in these cities exploring the nightlife. Um, I would go find a nice place for lunch, uh, potentially. And a lot of the eating was done at the ballpark, but not in necessarily in the concessions. Occasionally, I would explore the concessions, but in the media dining areas and on the plane. And I, I was lucky enough um, you know, as the broadcaster, you travel with the team on the charter. So you eat what they eat and you, you get uh, fed 
uh, these wonderful little meals that uh, the you know the flight crew would always go try to find some local cool place and and uh, uh, make the the meal on the flight that way. Again, a lot of the time that's at one and two o'clock in the morning, but you're flying until five, so you're not going to sleep for a while anyway. But uh, but it's um, it's an interesting way to to try to eat and to attempt to eat healthy as close to impossible, but you do what you can. But if you're on the plane with the players, are they not mindful about what they're eating? Like you would think that they would want healthier foods, or do you think that ball players don't necessarily care about the food that they're eating? It's it's really interesting because um, the the answer is yes to both. I think, um, I, and and immediately you you taken me back to an image in my head from like ten years ago, uh, which was not on the plane, but in spring training, um, you know after after every game there will be a, a table set up with uh, all kinds of different things food wise um, in spring training. Once the season starts and you're in the major league ballparks, they have their own dining rooms within the clubhouse and all that stuff. Spring training is a lot more low key. And I remember one of the younger Blue Jays um, after a game, and a lot of times guys will just grab uh, a shopping bag and fill it up um, and take it home. And the table had like granola bars and protein bars and there was a section like pop tarts and, and other stuff. And I just remember this one player grabbing a shopping bag and like taking fistfuls of these protein bars out of the box and shakes and stuff and shoving them in the bag. And while he, you know, while, as he's walking along the table, he, he was saying stuff like, uh, this is going to make me strong and I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to get big and this is going to be great for me and, and all that stuff. And it was a, uh, it was kind of hilarious, but that's, that's, that was a lot of the eating back then. Now it is, there's nutritionists that travel. Um, but the last time I was on the plane, which would have been in 2019, there's also like a tray of grilled cheese sandwiches. Um, there's a basket of, of chocolate bars and candy and, and, and all that sort of thing. So it's, it is sort of a combination of both those things. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about some of the ballparks, like say outside of Skydome. So, you know, obviously you've probably been to all the American League ballparks, any National League ballparks? I've been to all, I, I, I've only got four still on my list that I haven't been to. Okay. Which I four have, are those? I haven't been to Wrigley, which. Oh, I have. Crazy. I have been to Wrigley. <laughs> yeah. See, you got me beat. Uh, I figured you'd have a National League ballpark or two. Just one. Um, Just that's the that's only it? one. <laughs> yeah. oh. I haven't been to Washington. Um, I I was planning to go there this year, but couldn't. Um, Cincinnati haven't been to that ballpark, and the new one in Texas that they just opened in 2020. So I've been to all the other uh, big league parks, plus like the X and the Big O, and and a few that are gone. Um, but uh, yeah, they've all got their own little individual media dining areas. Um, some are terrific. Some are, are far less so. Um, but, uh, tell me about the terrific ones. Well, Yankee stadium is, is really good. Um, for a couple of reasons, first of all, I mean, they've got their, everything is, is sort of like cafeteria style, not so much buffet as like serve yourself as you go along with your tray and they, they give you 
Uh, and Yankee Stadium always has like a hot plate um, with a couple of interesting things that change. Uh, and then there's French fries and chicken fingers and onion rings and chicken noodle soup. But there's always a station outside that area. Um, and, and a woman who we came to know as Nona um, will prepare, whether it's omelets on, on a, a Sunday day game or something else, just this, this individual, she'll cook it for you right there while you watch to order, which is always great. And the desserts are phenomenal. Um, I always loved ending a road trip in New York because flying on the charter, you don't have to worry about like, you're not allowed to take liquids or you're not allowed to take anything or, or nothing that needs to be kept cold because you can tell them, hey, can you put this in a fridge for me or on ice and they will. So I would always sort of load up from the desserts near the end of the game to bring back for, for my kids. Um, it was just, I mean, wonderful stuff, cupcakes and um, lots of different sorts of chocolate things and fantastic Rice Krispie squares. I have very, I've very um, not advanced palate, if you will. Um, and Yankee Stadium is one of a few ballparks that have an ice cream machine in the media lounge. So we appreciate that a great deal as well from them. Nice. Uh, Kansas City's terrific. They really lean into the barbecue stuff and, and um, they've got a, a real chef there. Uh, they also have a um, build your own Sunday stuff. Um, I may be too heavy on the desserts for you. Philadelphia. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I love desserts. My yeah. favorite. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, Philadelphia is wonderful. I've only been there once, I think. Um, once or twice, uh, but they they have a very like the, that media dining room is one of the best in the business. From the like they have the whole build your own salad thing. If you want to be healthy, they have a um, a hot plate with tons of different things, and they have this Turkey Hill ice cream, which I think is local to Philadelphia, uh, which is just phenomenal. And there's a flavor called Graham Slam, which amazing just a, just amazing those are the the standout ones for me as far as the good oakland tampa bay i'm always sort of looking for somewhere off site to eat um and i'm trying to think of what else pops into my head what's interesting is in chicago the white Sox ballpark there is a media dining room but for the broadcasters there is a separate service and they come to you with a menu and you can order uh, restaurant style and, and they deliver it to you and in Minnesota, right in, like deliver yeah, it right to you to right the in the booth. Oh, yeah, nice. Right to the booth. Uh, and Minnesota, um, has its, its media dining room, but also leaves something for the, there's always something for the broadcasters, whether they bring you a little plate of sandwiches or wraps or quesadillas or, or something, um, which is really kind of them. And then there are ballparks like San Francisco, for example, uh, where you're so close to the stands from the broadcast booth that we actually ordered uh, garlic fries from uh, one of the vendors in the seats during the game. <laughs> you just kind of yell down in between yeah. innings when you're off air? I don't know if we waited till we were off air. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, 
so what about like just sort of traveling in general, uh, like not when you're on the plane with the team, which I still find bizarre that like when you talked about the kind of stuff that would be available that the athletes are not taking more care in what they eat like that really surprises me There's especially also in today's like a, day and yeah. age like athletes are really in my mind like they're really really concerned about what they eat not like the athletes when we were kids who were you know they didn't know any better and they just ate all the crap that was out smoking there. between innings and yeah yeah like yeah exactly yeah. oh there's also there's there's all there was always a vegetable plate there was always a sushi plate um and there were some local that weren't necessarily healthy i guess uh empanadas sometimes and sometimes these other sort of little wrap things but sometimes burgers and sometimes popeyes um and and yeah i think maybe that after a full day of working out and then playing um i mean these guys can you know we we eat what 2000 to 2500 calories they probably eat 3500 to 4000 if not more because they're working out so much and so yeah. hard so the little cherry on top i guess is a a box of uh popeye's chicken fingers at the yeah. end at two o'clock in the morning now but I all, heard and of, also they're in their 20s so yeah yeah well and i was gonna say like i heard a number of years ago i think it was probably when vlad jr first came up uh to the blue jays or was making his way up they talked about how his grandmother would travel with him everywhere to make his food for him yep. is do you know is that still happening does his yeah. grandmother still no, travel I, with him i think she still she lives with him here okay. in toronto when they're here i don't know if she goes on the road um I don't know how long that lasted, if it was a thing once he got to the majors. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, uh, she still lives with him and she cooks for him. And um, he will very often have the Dominican players from other teams come over for uh, a dinner of, you know, a roast con pollo or, or whatever she has whipped up um, when, uh, when the visiting teams come to town with guys he knows. I'd like to get in on that. <laughs> Invite it over to have Vlad's grandmother cook for me. I think that would be fantastic. I agree um, with you. Okay. Uh, and then what about like just traveling in general? Like you posted on, I saw on Twitter a little while ago, you posted this photo of a pancake in a cup. Yeah. Um, tell me about that and what other weird and crazy stuff. So actually, I'm just going to preface that by saying <clears throat> when I was a kid and my dad was traveling uh, for baseball, um, we didn't travel to any of the other places that he went. Twice we went to spring training, but every once in a while we would go on a trip to the States. And I just remember back then, like in the 70s, there were tons of things that we could get there that you just could not get in Canada. And it's not so the much. same anymore. Most yeah. of the stuff that you can get in the States, we can get here. But I'm sure there's still all kinds of really weird things that you've gotten on the road that we just don't see here. Oh, absolutely. And if you, uh, if you pause for a second, I'll go get it for you and show you. Okay. So I know you don't have viewers, but listeners, but here's the pancake in a cup. <laughs> so it looks like a, like a cup of noodles type yeah, of thing. Yeah, it does. And I think I really, uh, I bought two. And the first one was the one that you saw me uh, tweet about. And I think I overcooked it by a lot because it didn't look, you know, uh, I wasn't sure what it was supposed to look like. And I didn't want to... Um, yeah, I didn't want to eat undercooked instant 
pancake in a cup. Um, so does it come with syrup? Like, does it have built-in syrup or you have to add your own syrup to it? You have it? to add your own syrup. This is oh. chocolate chip flavor. The other one was maple flavor, but I only, you know, managed a bite or two. It says 70 seconds, add water, stir and microwave. Um, but I put it in for the 70 seconds and it still looked sort of raw. And so I put it in for another half minute, still looks sort of raw another, and it wound up being rubbery. Uh, this one, I'm going to try to. I'm going to do it in, in front of my kid, the baker. So she will give me, uh, she'll let me know whether it, it's good or not. Um, and and th it's probably full of all kinds of ingredients that you can't pronounce either, right? Um, but yeah, I have, when I was also growing up in the 70s, um, I have an aunt and uncle in Boston. We would go visit them. My mom's from St. Louis. So we went there a couple of times. Um, and it would always, I would always want to, check out the supermarkets and see all this crazy stuff that, that we didn't have here. And it's continued to, to this day, like, I, unfortunately with the border has been closed for a couple of years, but the, so there's not as much back and forthing allowed, but I would go a couple of times in off season to Buffalo to just look in a tops or a Wegmans. Um, and, and in November or in December, I went this past year because the border was open for a little bit. And I hadn't been on Trader Joe's run in a while. Uh, and I found this, which is amazing. It's called Aunt Rosie's Loganberry. Okay. Uh, and Loganberry is um, some sort of fusion of two berries discovered by a guy named Logan. Uh, and it's a big thing in around Crystal Beach and, and uh, Lake Erie and that sort of thing. And it sort of migrated over to Buffalo. Um, I'm always on the lookout for that. I thought it had been discontinued, so I was thrilled to find it. It's it's crazy sweet, um, but it's really really good. And I bought four cases of it from Wegmans. Um, okay, and that's a that's a soda. It's not carbonated. It's, oh, okay. so I guess it's a drink. More like a juice or a. I think it'd be a big stretch to call <laughs> quote it quote unquote juice. juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first seventeen ingredients are sugar. <laughs> but, um, it, it's officially referred to as a naturally and artificially flavored drink. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, some of the stuff I, I diet sun kissed is only available in the States and not available here. So occasionally I would bring four cases back on the team charter because I didn't have to worry about taking liquid uh, onto the plane, but I always like to, to find these cool little different things. I, uh, uh, an old colleague of mine once said to me, um, the food in Canada is exactly like the food in the United States, except everything is a tiny bit different. And I thought <laughs> that that summed it up really well. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I could never bring back anything fresh, right? You can't bring back any fruits and vegetables or, or meat or anything like that across the border. So I was really limited to like, pantry stuff, right. boxy stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of cool stuff for sure. Yeah. That's what I remember. I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do when I go to the States is to just wander around a grocery store yeah, and see too. like, what have they got in here? You know, like, Oh, they just seem to have a lot more products available than what we have. So where your friend said like Canada is the same, but just a little bit different. I find like we're the same, but less. Yeah. Like we have pretty much all the same things, like everything that you can find here, you can find in the States, but it's not always the same thing the other way around. Like right. there are tons of things in the States that we just, except yeah. 
we have kinder eggs and they do not. <laughs> yeah. And we have smarties yeah. and they, their smarties are our rockets and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, although I true. prefer M&Ms to Smarties. I'm not a Smartie fan, but I like uh, M&Ms. I can so. I can take either one, but they, the M&Ms with the Rice Krispies inside uh, are amazing. Sign me up for those whenever. Okay. Um, but it, you know, it in it it's like a grocery store in the United States will have what we have one or two of. They have fifty of all different companies and all different varieties and all all different flavors and and stuff like that. Um, it, it's, it's extremely different and really overwhelming, but I do it, uh, like in whatever country I'm in, I will absolutely make it, um, put it on the list to wander through a grocery store, um, whether it's in Europe or in the Caribbean or whatever, I, I really geek out on that stuff, which is, I know very strange, but I've passed it on yeah, to no, at least one of my kids. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, I haven't been anywhere in a couple of years. The last place I went was Costa Rica. And the hardest thing about that is not speaking Spanish. I'm like, I don't can't read this label. I'm not really quite sure what I'm buying. So you kind of have to go with what's on the picture. I'm like, okay, I think this is what it is. But I found these amazing plantain chips that were like a lime flavored plant, lime and salt plantain chips that were just the best thing I'd ever tried. So those are definitely something I want to buy next time I go down south is uh, a lime flavored plantain. And actually in Costa Rica, um, they don't have anything lemon flavored. They only have limes. There are no lemons and they call limes lemons, but they only have green. They have green limes that are, look like our limes. And then they have these green limes that are orange inside, like almost the color of a clementine inside, but they taste like limes. Wow. Um, so they only have lime flavored things in Costa Rica. I don't know if it's the same in other, you know, Southern South American or Central American countries, but definitely in Costa Rica, that's, that's what they have. I'm going to ask you one final question. So what would you want your final meal in life to be? I know it's kind of morbid question yeah. to ask, but if it was like your last meal on earth, what would you want that to be? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I generally default to Asian, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, um, Thai, but last meal. I mean, if I could bring my grandmother back, it would be one of her Friday night dinners, which would, you know, with a, a great roast beef and roast potatoes and, and all the um, traditional side dishes that, that she used to make. That was, I mean, it was, it was amazing. And I missed that. Um, I got to, I was lucky enough to have uh, both my grandmothers around until I was in my mid thirties. And my father's mother would cook up the Friday night dinner every week until I was probably over 30. Um, so I had what a good 1500 of those 15,000. I can't do math. Nice. Um, that, that would, that, you know, that's, that's the thing I would want that I can't ever have again. So if we're dealing in fantasy, uh, that's absolutely what I would take. Did she not pass that down to anybody in the family? Yeah, like I mean, my, when, when we have, or pre pandemic and when we started up again, my, my aunt does host those dinners, but she has her own style and a different thing. There is a cousin who has all those, well, I have the recipes, but couldn't do it. couldn't possibly or, or do it the same. Hopefully my daughter 
will, uh, and she's she's tried a couple of times. Um, there is a, a a cousin of my father's who's who does it all that stuff too, but um, and uh, occasionally we would get invited over there for like uh, Passover, and she would make that whole big meal, and it would bring back all those memories and and be great. Uh, but I'm not sure if she does that anymore, but I got, I have to, I have to make sure I get the rest of the recipes for sure, because continuing that tradition would be amazing. I remember once a couple of decades ago, uh, I think my now 20 year old was around then that we wanted to make her bitter almond cake. My grandmother made all kinds of cakes and pies and, and wonderful desserts. And she had a bitter almond cake and we went to uh, try to get the ingredients and we were told that you could not buy the right bitter almonds because they had been um, removed from the shelves by Health Canada because they, they, these bitter almonds had been found to have traces of cyanide in them. Oh. So she, was, she didn't kill anybody when she made the cake, but the cake is now permanently retired. That's too bad. Yeah. There were lots of things we probably ate that Health Canada's taken off. <laughs> and we're still alive, so, you know, it's all good. <laughs> we survived. That's the story of Generation X, right? That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, Mike, thank you very much for, uh, for talking to me about food. And we didn't actually talk as much about baseball as I thought we would talk about, but um, that's okay. My listeners don't listen for the baseball talk. They listen for the, uh, for the food talk. So... Um, anyway, thank you very much for, uh, for sharing and I'll certainly put all your, uh, social links in the show notes. If people want to follow you and listen to your podcast, uh, which is always very interesting. I don't think I've listened to this week's episode yet, but, um, yeah, I'm a listener as well. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. This was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We talk baseball anytime you want to. Okay. My thanks again to Mike Wilner for joining me uh, for a discussion about food and baseball and traveling while eating and all of those things. You can follow Mike um, on Twitter at Wilnerness, W-I-L-N-E-R-N-E-S-S. You can also follow him on the Deep Left Field podcast. They also have a Twitter account at Deep LF Podcast. You can also read his writing in the Toronto Star. Um, and those are all the places you can follow him. So I'd love to hear. Uh, you can um, follow me on Instagram at noreciperequired.ca and uh, leave a comment there about this podcast or you know, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. I think you can even review on Spotify now, which is great. So would love to hear from you uh, about anything you'd like to hear more about, uh, talking about cooking, food, wine, baking, all of those things. So again, thanks to my guests and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Keep on cooking.